praise you, God. We magnify you. Lord, you're King of kings and you're Lord of lords. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. For your goodness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Could you just take a moment to the presence of the Lord here right now? Could we just take another moment? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. some of us that are going through things that the only way that we're going to get through them is that we humble ourselves right now and just worship through our trouble, through our trial, through our tribulation. Don't ignore this moment. Don't let it pass you by. Just for a moment, just worship Him. Regardless of what you're going through at the moment, regardless of how far God may seem away from you right now, because in reality, He's only as close as you want him to be. We all go through battles. We all go through struggles. But we need the presence of God. We need to be in the presence of God right now. feel led to share the scripture with you. It's not what my lesson is about, but I just felt feel I need to share this with you. So, so I'm just going to read it. I feel like somebody needs to hear this. So, Brother Langle touched on it. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 says this. It says, who 
shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, in all these things, in tribulation and distress and persecution, in famine and nakedness and peril or sword, in all these things, We would think we're failures. We would think we can't make it another day. We, think, we would think that Jesus had left us and forsaken us. That's how we would think about it. But that's not what Paul, he said, nay, in all these things, you're not a failure. You're not a quitter. He says you're more than a conqueror. Through him that loved us. Now, if we try it by ourselves and we don't do it through him, if we try to do it on our own, in our own way, in our carnal thinking, then yes, maybe, maybe we're not conquerors. But if we put it in the hands of God, if, if we allow God to have his way, if we, if we take it to an altar and lay it before God, he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am convinced or I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I just felt impressed to read that today. I have nothing else to add to it other than to tell you, you are a conqueror in Jesus. Whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever fight you're fighting, you are a conqueror. And there's nothing that can separate you from God's love for you. Amen. Isn't God great? Can we give him a, some praise today? Can we lift up his name? Hallelujah. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I know you've been standing a while. Thank you for being patient with me. Amen. Just to, in case it wasn't clear, the soup sale was at the end of the month, the last Sunday of the month, but you can order your soup. Did I got that right? Okay. Immediately afterwards. Uh, I want to talk for a moment today on the topic of building a relationship. And if you will, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of First Peter. Amen. Chapter 5. I'm going to give honor to Pastor Shepherd. Amen. Sister Shepherd. 
the leadership of our church for, for allowing me to minister the word of God today. Amen. We give honor to my wife, my lovely wife, my family. Amen. Their prayers for me and their patience with me. Amen. And the Lord Jesus Christ, without him we would be nothing. And I, I'll give him honor today. In 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 8, Scripture tells us to be sober, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for your presence that's in this place. I pray that you would open our minds and our hearts to receive what your word has to say to us today. Help me as I minister your word, Lord. Let me be sensitive to your voice, your God, and help me, Lord, that when we leave this place, we have learned something. Help me teach this lesson the way you gave it to me. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Peter warns us to be sober. I'm just going to dive into this, all right? He, he warns us immediately, be sober. That is to abstain from wine, to be discreet, to be careful, cautious, wary. In Luke chapter 21, 34, it says this, Take heed unto yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, it says, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, watch unto prayer. It tells us to be vigilant, to keep awake, and to keep watch. But the word sober don't, doesn't necessarily just focus on wine or alcoholic beverages and being drunk. It's a, you can get drunk on the cares of this world. We can allow the cares of this world to allow us to become disoriented in our walk with God. So Peter was referring to if the, the scriptures prior to this. It talks about the cares of this world and casting all your care upon the Lord because he cares for you. Then he says, be sober. Don't, don't, don't be carried away. Don't be, don't be so overwhelmed with the cares of this world that you forget that there's an adversary. Amen. He says, be, be sober. Be of the right mind. Understand, yes, we have tribulation. We have trouble. We have things that, that we go through. There are things that are sometimes are overwhelming. But keep in mind that you are a child of God. Keep in mind that God is in control and God has everything in his hand and God is going to take care of you. Be sober. Don't get carried away that you forget. Be awake because there is an adversary. 
There is a devil, and he, he is against you. He is opposed to you, and he is an enemy to contend with. He says he, he walks around or walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour or to, to, destroy, to destroy. Don't be fooled because he's not here to play games with you. He's not here to entertain you. Have you ever seen a video of a, of a lion uh, attacking his prey? He doesn't play with it, does he? He means business. So the hunger of a lion for his prey is an emblem of the insatiable desire of our spiritual foes for our, un, for our undoing. His goal is to destroy your walk with God. Not to destroy your life, but to destroy your walk with God. As a roaring lion, he wants to destroy your relationship with God. That's why Peter warns, be sober. Be vigilant. Amen? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking who he may destroy. John tells us clearly in John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Peter admonishes us to resist steadfast in the faith. So in other words, we must stand against our adversary. We must stand against the enemy, James 4, 7, tells us, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's hard to resist if you're not first submitted to God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 says this, above all, taking the shield of faith, because we stand steadfast in the faith, right? Let's go back. Let me go back. Let's just make sure I'm, I'm, I'm right. Verse 9, verse nine, 1 Peter 5, 9. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. That's how you resist the devil. By your faith. Standing in what you believe on. Standing on the word of God. What you have faith in. Steadfast in the faith. That's where. What, what do you have faith in? Where is your faith? Where is your trust? In Hebrews eleven six it says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Amen. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says this, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. That's always getting better, always moving forward in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We need to be steadfast in our faith. We need to step forward in our faith. We need to believe God in our faith. But the key to all this is is relationship. Relationship. But Satan wants to destroy 
is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But in order for him to destroy it, you have to have one. See, because without a relationship, then you quit. Because there's nothing to win or lose. You just quit. You have to have a relationship. You see, you cannot just coexist with Jesus Christ. Just know that he is there. Only communicating when you need him to pass the salt. Only communicating with him when you need something. When something isn't going right or, or you're you, you, you running into a hard time, okay, well, now it's time to pray. That, that, that is not relationship. You know why marriages fail? Because couples begin to coexist. No relationship, and they only communicate when there's a need. Pass assault. There needs to be a relationship. Relationship takes time. It takes commitment. It takes love. It takes, it takes getting to know the other person. You know, you need to know Jesus. You, 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 you need to enter into a prayer closet, into a bedchamber regularly. Let Jesus know you and you know him because when you are in a relationship, Troubles do not push you away. They bring you closer because there's a relationship. Without relationship, difficulties separate. With relationship, difficulties build and they strengthen. I believe I have a very, very good relationship with my wife. I don't know if she feels that way, but I feel that way. I need to run an errand. I go. I said, baby, you want to go with me? She goes, look how I'm dressed. I said, I don't care. Just ride with me. You can stay in the car. <laughs> I'll run in the store. Come on. Everywhere I go, other than golfing. Oh, just kidding. I said, hey, baby, you want to go with me? She said, why don't you run to the store? I said, okay, you come. We have a good relationship. But there are difficulties sometimes in our relationship. And I want to tell you all a story because I guess to illustrate this, and I might be in trouble afterwards, but I'm always in trouble. But we have a good relationship. <laughs> difficulties bring us together. They don't separate us. So she called me, and she said this. She said, <laughs> she said, I went to the boutique, and they have the purse that matches the wallet that I've been looking for. And my response was, and? And? 
she took it just like you took it. Like, so? That's not how I meant it. And I got, you're right, just like you probably thought I got me. You got upset. But that's not how I meant it. Okay, because here's the background. I have a relationship with my wife. She tells me in conversations all the time, man, I should have bought so-and-so. Why didn't you love? You were there. You wanted it. Why didn't you buy it? Well, because it was too much. And she didn't get it. You know, she, she, she watches over us, and she sacrifices herself to give it. I know that. We have a relationship, right? And so she usually says, oh, I wish I would have gotten that, but I didn't. I'm like, why didn't you? Well, it was too much. Or, oh, it was some. So see, what I was, the and that I was using was I was expecting her to tell me, well, I didn't get it. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the and that I gave her was I was expecting her for her to say, but I didn't get it. Because I already had my response to say, well, baby, go back and get it. But I never got to that part. Because I said, and, wrong. <laughs> if you're a husband, you've been there. You, you said it like, oh, man. But, you know, as soon as I said, and, the way and came out, I knew I didn't say it right. <laughs> I knew it. And the response, nailed it. I, I didn't say it right. I didn't say it right. <laughs> now, what, 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 where was I? Oh, relationship. Relationship. You know, because things like that happen in relationships. Sometimes there's miscommunication. There's, there's mistakes that happen. And you can allow that mistake to drive. Or you can stop that mistake and grow and learn. Because she knows that I love her. I know what I meant, and there, there, there was no way I was going to fix it on the phone. There wasn't a text I could send. There wasn't an emoji that applied to that. There was just nothing. So I had to wait until I saw her again and tell her, babe, that's not how I meant it. That's not how I meant it. I really thought you were going to tell me you didn't get it. And I was already set to make you happy by telling you, go get it. But you know what? That was the end of it. It was okay. Because she got it. Maybe that's why it was okay. But the thing is, is that in relationships, you have times when you fail. Sometimes unintentionally. Sometimes you're just going and you fail. But you've got to get back up. You've got to maintain that relationship. You've got to get back in that bedchamber. You need to get back with that one-on-one with Jesus Christ and say, God, I messed up. I have a relationship with you. I can't let troubles and trials and tribulations dictate the way I respond. My love for you dictates how I respond. I'll tell you, saying I'm sorry, I was wrong, 
doesn't hurt as much as not saying it. For your married couples. And for your relationship with the Lord too. You know, maybe I got way off track there. But the key to all to our walk with God is, is relationship. Because Peter tells us that difficulties serve to before things. To perfect. What's the next one? To establish. To strengthen. Always mess up right there with that word. TH, right? Strengthen, is that right? Strengthen. Okay. Close and settle. These are the four things. One, two, three. That's what I want to talk about today. Strengthen. You see, God never intended for his people to be ordinary or commonplace. His intentions were that they should be on fire for him. Conscious of his divine power, realizing the glory of the cross that foreshadows a crown. Smith Wigglesworth saved that. In 1 Peter 5.10, but God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Perfect. What does perfect mean? It means to, to complete thoroughly, to repair and restore, to make fully ready. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead of our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Listen to the next three words. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. He works in you to perfect you. Understand? We make mistakes, we fall, but God perfects us. He is growing. In Psalm 138, verse 7, says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of my enemies, and the right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. In Philippians 1, 6, it says this, Being confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, greater is he that is... In you than he that is in the world. The only way that God can be in you is that if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't coexist. It's all about being in you and God working in you and God working with you and within you in order to perfect you and make you what you need to be in him. Amen? What our troubles and difficulties do, they, they work to perfect us. They work to make us better than what we are. See, if you don't have a relationship, you think difficulties, you'll define this. Well, Jesus doesn't love me. Jesus left me. If Jesus was really on my side, then I wouldn't be going through this. If he really loved me and if he really cared for me, coexist. But if you're in a relationship and you're having, you're having trouble, you understand, well, Jesus loves me. 
He cares for me. Why am I going through this? Is there something that I need to get right? Is there something that I did wrong? I need to get in that bedchamber with him again and go into a place where it's just intimate me and him and say, God, can you work this out of me and help me, Lord, overcome this and get through this? And you build a relationship and it perfects you. It matures you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. When you coexist, that doesn't happen. When you coexist, when you just know about God and not know God, then you wonder. But when you know God, you know. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He's not going to leave me here by myself. He's not going to let me drown in this calamity. He's not going to allow this storm to overtake me. Yeah, it may blow and may toss me to and fro. But sooner or later, he's going to become walking in that storm. Amen. And he's going to get in this boat. And he's going to say, peace, be still. But until then, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to look to him. I'm going to praise him. And I'm going to worship him. Because at the other side of the storm, on the other side of this difficulty, there's victory. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. We need to realize that perfection is an ongoing process. Keep in mind that we're not talking about carnal perfection. It's spiritual perfection or spiritual maturity. It's one thing to have a perfect golf swing, yet it's another to have a right spirit. And God is more interested in a right spirit than he is a golf swing. Understand that when you are tested, when you are going through a rough time, God is perfecting you. God's hand may be working something out of you that doesn't need to be there. Instead of getting upset and questioning God, we should kneel before him and ask, what is it, Lord? What's not right? Why am I wrong? Perfect me. Launch out into God by faith. God, help me that I may grow closer to you because the closer I am to you, the more complete in you I become. Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, that by means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I have already attained, I'm not already perfect, either we're already perfect, but I follow after that if my, I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. This whole scripture is, man, if I can get a hold of him the way he got a hold of me. If I can get a hold of Jesus the way Jesus got a hold of me, that's what he was pressing toward. Because he pawned you what he was, pawned you what he was going to pawn you his intentions before he was saved. And something got a hold of him. And he said, if I can get a hold of that, that got a hold of me. My goodness. That's perfection. That was what Paul was pressing toward. You press toward the mark through prayer, through fasting, through Bible reading, being faithful to the house of God. Press through the flesh in spite of the trouble to apprehend him. If you fall, get back up again. In a relationship, every mistake is not detrimental. You get up again, you keep going forward until you get it right. You just don't give up. Perfection. Getting perfect. 
in a relationship, we need to keep getting up. We need to keep striving. We need to keep believing. Amen? Until we see him face to face. Second thing is to establish. That is to set fast, to turn resolutely in a certain direction, confirm. We must establish the fact that it is his life and not us. We must have faith in his word and in his life. In John chapter 9, it talks about a, uh, a blind man. In verse 24, it says, Then called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. And they were talking about Jesus. Right? And he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know. What did he know? I was once blind, and now I see. That's being established. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was an alcoholic, and now I'm not. Oh, come on now. This will establish you, right? It's, uh, it, it gets a hold of you. You say, well, that doesn't even make sense, Brother V. <laughs> One thing I know, there's one thing I know. He was set. He knew the miracle that took place. We have our experience that sets a foundation. I know I was lost. I know the miry clay I was in, but now I know where I am. God took me out. He set me on a, in a large place. In Colossians 2.6, as, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted up, rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Amen? We need to be resolute, rooted in Christ Jesus, established in him. Need to know that he will never leave us nor forsake us. There must be a determination in us that we will not go back to where God brought us from. But dig a foundation right here. This relationship is rooted, planted, and established. We must be steadfast, determined, established in God. First, and I'll read it again, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. That is getting better and progressing in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your trial and trouble are not for nothing. God gives the victory. You hang in there. Be steadfast, unmovable, and abound in the Lord. The power of a made-up mind, knowing that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Understand, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Be established. Amen. And I have a few minutes here, but we'll try to get the next two. Strengthen is to make one more able to do something. Making one more capable, more able to endure trials. When God strengthens us, he makes us more able to overcome. But you've got to overcome. You've got to, again... You've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've got to have a reason to overcome. You've got to have that relationship and that connection with Jesus Christ. He is our strength. 
The psalmist, the psalmist wrote, uh, the Lord is the light, is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I, I be afraid? If you've never been through it, how will you lead others through it? If you never go through a trial and you never overcome a trial, then how can you sit across from somebody and say, hey, the Lord is our strength. You know, the Lord is the strength of my life, the support of my life. In other words, he keeps me alive in itself. Life in itself is feeble and easily crushed out by trouble and sorrow. But as long as God is its strength, as long as God is our strength, as long as God is with us, there is nothing to fear. Psalm 28, 7 said, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Verse 8, the Lord is their strength and he is a saving strength of his anointing. Pastor Shepherd has taught, well, how do you build strength or how do you build faith? It's the trials of your faith. Amen. Hearing the word of God and praying in the Holy Ghost. That's how you build strength. Trials are not a time to stop believing or stop praying. It is a time to increase your time with God. They are there to build, to perfect, and strengthen your relationship with God. When I was home, this has been a couple of weeks now, and I talked to my dad. And we are talking about some things, and he always would go back. He goes, well, how's your prayer life? I don't know how many times he asked me that. You know, we, we talked, but he would say, well, why are you praying? I said, yeah, Dad, I'm praying. Okay. He says, you're praying? Yeah, Dad, I'm praying. You have a prayer life? I just, okay, so what were y'all talking about? I'll talk about this. Sometimes I feel discouraged. Yeah, sometimes I feel beat down. Sometimes I just feel tired. Did it feel that way? And I said, response? Are you praying? How's your prayer life? Where do you find strength to overcome? Where do, you, where, where do you find that ambition? In the bedchamber, in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you praying? Are you going through a hard time? Are you going through difficulty? Well, the question is, are you praying? Are you asking for strength? Are you asking the Lord to help you? Are you asking the Lord to give you wisdom? Are you asking the Lord to give you direction? But nothing is happening. You don't stop praying because nothing is happening. Because although you can't see it right now, the spiritual world is more real than the physical world. You just never know what God is putting together in order to bless you, in order to answer your prayer. Just because you don't see it now and just because you're going through a hard time now does not mean that God is not interested in you and in your problem. You keep praying. You keep asking for strength. You keep, you keep doing what you're doing. But you gotta, you got, you gotta work at it. And the last thing is lay a basis or settle, and that's basically a foundation. You gotta have a foundation. I'll try to rush through this. Ephesians three seventeen says this: that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love 
may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. How can he love me? I don't understand. Because see, his love passes all that. It forms to develop a relationship. So I'm talking about relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about your relationship with your spouse. Because there are things that you just got to go through. And there's got to be a foundation that you dig. And you say, I'm not moving from here. I love you. I love you with all my heart. We may be going through some trouble. And this is the thing. My love is not an emotion. My love is a reality. God is love. I love you through hard times, through difficulties. God, I love you through hard times and difficulties. I am settled right here is my foundation. Amen. Second Timothy 2.19 says this, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, that the Lord knoweth them that are his. He knows that I belong to him. We all stand. First Corinthians three eleven says this for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. He is a rock that is greater than I, and when I cannot stand on my own, it is in him that I stand. It is through times of trouble I begin to understand that he is my foundation. Trouble will lead to four things that build relationship. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle. Perfect, that nothing be lacking. Establish, that we may not waver. Strengthen, that we may stand. And settle, that we may withstand. I, I, I don't know if I... I went where I wanted to go today. I don't know if I hit. I don't know how to say it, I guess. I don't know if I made sense, I guess, as I say it. But I I do want to say this is that we have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ when we're praying. You got to pray when you don't feel like praying. You got to pray when you feel like you're talking to a wall and God ain't answering. You have to be connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When everybody and everything is telling you that it's impossible, you've got to have a connection with God that says, with Him, all things are possible. 
He works to perfect you, strengthen you, establish you, and settle you. And we just pray together. Lord, help us, God. Take not, Lord, the work of your hands in our lives. Don't stop working on me, God. Don't stop working on me. Help me know you, Lord, like never before. Help me know you, Lord, like never before. We have a relationship with you, oh Lord. I'm going to open the altars just for a minute. If you want to, if you've been struggling with something, I want to pray for you. Maybe you've been coexisting and you need to start developing a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're going through a trial and you don't understand and you don't see the end, and you wonder. I want to pray for you. Is there anybody today that needs prayer? 